Fast Forward Productions. The women are speaking. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the One Broke Actress podcast, an honest account of actor life, plus a few lessons I learn in the process. I am your host, Sam Valentine, and today we are doing a solo Sam episode, and it is going to get very personal (laughs) because I am going to talk about my body and food and eating and movement and exercise and stuff. This is not the last episode I'll do on this. So don't think this is everything I feel comprised into one because I tried to make an outline for that and it just kept getting longer and longer and longer. So we are going to try and keep it as efficient as possible. So I want to first start out with a very real trigger warning, because I know a lot of people are in a battle with themselves, with their own bodies, and they are not in a good place. There is some content in this episode that might be triggering for you. If this is you, if you are going through an eating disorder, if you have disordered thoughts, feelings, any of that stuff, just know that going in. But I also think that I touch on some things that I wish someone would have said to me when I was in the worst parts of my body dysmorphia, concerns about myself, obsessing, all that fun stuff. So tread lightly here. This is a very big subject. And like I said, this is not the last time I'm ever going to talk about this because it's essentially a big part of who I am. Why am I talking about this on an actor podcast? Because our body is our tool. It's such a big part of what we do and what we bring to a character and who we are. And our body is representative of the things that we represent. So I think it's worthwhile to note that, to note that it's it's a part of who we are, whether we want it to be or not, whether we're fighting with ourselves or not. Your body is a piece of this business. And if you've ever done a full body slate and thought, I fucking hate this, then you know the feeling I'm talking about that sometimes we are at war with ourselves sometimes for no reason and sometimes for stupid reasons that people have given to us. We'll get into it. But I just want to preface this that if you are someone who walks around this world too, as like, I'm chill, I'm cool. I'm super confident in what I bring to the table and who I am at all times. Rad. Firstly, I would like some of whatever you're taking. I very much want that in my life. But also not everything is for everyone. And I'm going to talk about some situations I've endured that I know not every actress has, not every actor has. I want to especially underline a note that having time, energy, money, capacity to care about your body and what you put into it and what you do with it is a huge mark of privilege. Huge. Having this much energy and thought process go into how I eat, what I eat, what I do, spending two hours a day working out or walking dogs or whatever. Huge piece of the pie is what a privilege it is. And it's not for everyone. I don't think everyone needs to be doing anything specifically. Everyone's in a different boat in this business. And I just think it's really important that issues like this go not unnoticed, but also not congealed to a group. So not every actor has 
disliked their own body or overanalyzed their own choices. But this girl has. So we're going to get into it today. So I thought I would start this out by reading back to you an article that I wrote in, gee, golly, gosh, 2017, which was a lifetime ago at this point. And I think it really encompasses a lot of my story up until this point. So I think it's a good jumping off point. And we're going to start there and kind of go to where I'm at in all of these things right now. So please be kind to me in this episode and understand that I'm coming from where I'm coming from and I'm being real fucking honest with you guys. So this blog post is titled, Why My Eating Habits No Longer Have a Label, February 28th, 2017. This may be the most controversial topic in Hollywood, like more controversial than plastic surgery or sex tapes, diet. And in this post, I am not talking short-term, get skinny quick type things, although there are tons of those too, and I will talk about some of them and my experiences at other times. What I'm talking about is labels, for example, vegan, vegetarian, paleo, ketogenic, pescatarian, etc., etc. People swear by their labels. They integrate it into their personality. It becomes one of their traits and they cling to that trait like it's a lifeline to the original who wants to be a millionaire. Not the remakes. Only Regis can do that shit justice. I stand by that sentiment. I have been there. I have been obsessed with my label. I love talking about it and I truly loved that it made me different. Let's discuss that a bit more. I was a vegetarian for a lot of reasons. I had read a ton of books and articles when I was younger, and I dabbled in it even as a preteen. I think everyone goes through that, mom, I decided to be a vegetarian, so now I can't eat that, but I'll take macaroni and cheese stage. As I got older, I solidified that more and more. I went to a summer camp full of hippie veggies, literally so many of them that there was a separate bell that rang at meals for the veggie food. Honestly, I really committed to it during those summers because they got better food. It was cooked in non-mass amounts and usually not fried, so my concept started in a healthy place. As I started in college, I clung to this idea as it became a way that people described me. Oh, that girl who had lunch with us yesterday, the brunette, the vegetarian? That was a crazy time in my life and most people's when you try so hard to figure out who you are and who you want to be. And any and all suggestions are welcome. So my food preferences were easily added on to my self-worth, except that I was not taking care of my body. College food in the Midwest is crappy already and add in the complications of very little protein, good fats, or B vitamins, and you have a recipe for a vodka-soaked, health-crazed, yet still malnourished girl when I would get wasted and consume tons of food and not know it. Mm, that was a thing. There was a particular incident on a spring break trip in Panama City in which I was found alone eating a McChicken sandwich. I realized I was busted and I threw it across the room. I don't have any memory of this. I blame my lack of vitamins. <laughs> When I moved to LA, I continued with my vegetarianism. I also started doing CrossFit four to five times a week, and I was so hungry all the time. Um, sorry, I did not expect that this to hit me like this. Um, morning, noon, and night, even in the middle of the night, I would wake up at 3 a.m. and make a bowl of oatmeal with a huge scoop of peanut butter so I could go back to sleep. As if that wasn't enough of an indicator light flashing for me, I decided to try veganism. I was newly friends with some LA vegans and they touted their diet like it was the Soho house. So hell yeah, I am all about that. Nope, no dairy for me, but a jar of almond butter in two days, that seems healthy. I even juice cleansed seven days of fruit and veggie juices. I made it in my kitchen while crossfitting. What the fuck was I thinking? And then I did it a second time a year later. I can't tell you what broke my vegan streak 
or my vegetarian streak, but something did. I went to Whole Foods one day and I bought pre-grilled chicken. I had no idea how to cook meat on my own and I ate it after a workout and I felt like I had given up a part of my soul. But when I figured out how to push past my inner monologue, I felt fantastic. I felt full and satiated for the first time in years. So what did I do next? Naturally, I looked for my next label because I didn't know how to function without one. And I landed hard on the paleo diet. I was immersed in the CrossFit community and this way of eating foods from the quote unquote paleolithic era was easy to fall into except for the idea of cheat days that was heavily prevalent. I remember I booked a commercial right after my 23rd birthday that flew me to Paris to pretend to be a tourist for 10 days. After having followed a strict paleo protocol for the leaks leading up to it, I wanted to take in all of the joys of France, the bread, the macaroons, the cheese, the wine, the croissants, everything. My body, however, was not up to it. After cutting these items so hard out of my diet, they reacted so badly in my system. In all honesty here, I don't think I pooped for almost the entire trip and I felt awkward and uncomfortable and bloated as fuck. And what is the very last thing you want to do when you feel disgusting in your own body? Put it on camera. I remember being so grumpy by the end, I was so mad at myself. But production asked me to do some shots, trying on clothes at a cute little boutique, including some particularly awfully tight white pants and I just wanted to die. But when I got home, I unthinkingly jumped back into my label, clinging to the threads of it because I wanted to lose the weight I had gained in France. I'm pretty sure that was minimal at best and probably gone within a week anyway. When I did decide enough was enough and I was done with this, I think somewhere around that time, I went to a friend's house for dinner and the second I got there, she rushed to the door and said, shit, I didn't even ask you, what aren't you eating right now? My habits of changing my labels and of cheat days and obsession had become a part of my personality instead of my intended current healthy intention. I was so embarrassed I couldn't even put it into words. So yes, here in a city like LA, you have lots of different people on lots of different lifestyle eating habits. I have done almost all of them. I've spent way too much money on supplements that didn't do anything except a mild placebo effect and a loss of money to Whole Foods. And I have obsessively read book after book and article after article on diets and eating plans and macros. Oh, I totally forgot to touch on the time I did the zone diet or the time I went on a thousand calories a day for three weeks. What has this led me to now? How do I keep up and maintain and not lose my mind? Sometimes I still lose my mind, but mostly I just eat food that makes me feel good. Sometimes it's a huge salad. Sometimes it's a pizza. I try hard not to eat the whole thing. Do I still feel like that was bad food afterwards sometimes? Yes, and that's my battle. But I don't leave that thought in my mind very long nowadays. I don't restrict any specific foods, but if I don't think it's great for me, I don't usually eat it while I'm filming or on the regular. And that is pretty much it. And the thing that makes me really sad about that article is that I was absolutely still in pretty disordered stages of eating when I wrote it. Uh, I have felt in and out of my own body for most of my life. I felt like if I was confident in it, I was on borrowed time and that I had to keep taking away food or exercising more in order to stay where I was or quote unquote, get better. 
there was never a moment where I just was. Reading that article, I can tell that I wanted so badly to feel better. And I didn't know how. And sometimes claiming how you feel out loud is a tool to get there. And so 2017 Sam was trying so damn hard. She really was. Oh, man, I am so proud that I wrote this article when I did. Because it gives me an even more of a jumping off point than I would have had if I would have kept all my thoughts quiet. I have notebooks upon notebooks of journal entries that are me talking about what I ate that day or how I exercised or what the new plan was. And I think starting to talk about it, this article was the way I started to talk about it in public. I have always had a rough relationship with fitness too. There's an article also on One Broke Actress. I won't read it today, but it's why I started CrossFit, why I quit, and why it's one of the best things that ever happened to me. I was always into exercising as of college because I watched the kids in the theater department who were above me go to the gym or do the master cleanse. And they were all talking about like, well, if you're an actor, this is what you have to do. And that was the college actors that I saw. That was the people I was looking up to that I thought, well, if that's what they're doing, that's what I need to be doing too. And I remember I literally started going to the gym because there was one girl who was three or four years ahead of me in the theater program. And she was there every day. And I thought, well, if I want to be like her, I got to go. I got to start working out. So my relationship with that has been very mixed since then too. When I started to get into CrossFit, I did carry over a lot of those thoughts, but I also, for the first time in my life, was introduced with the idea of being strong and having fun with your friends at the gym instead of just going there because you were supposed to spend two hours between the elliptical and the treadmill and the light weights. It was just a totally different atmosphere than anything I've ever done. And I'll link the article below if you want to read more about it, but it changed my whole capacity for fitness and also introduced me to some of my best friends. It's how I met my husband. It's how I met some really important people in my life. And also in LA, it's how I've met a, a lot of cool people that I've been able to add to my network in my career. So that part of my fitness journey, I'm so, so grateful for. There's been ebbs and flows. I stopped doing CrossFit for a long period of time. I think this is also an article on the website, but I was kicked off of a set. I wasn't kicked off. I was asked to not come back for days two and three of a three-day shoot because I was too thick. And that's when my relationship with the lifting and the CrossFit started to get intensified as well because of that moment. That's when I turned to the zone diet. <laughs> that's when I started measuring my food and following a plan. And this tells me exactly what I'm supposed to have, regardless of how hungry or not hungry I am. This is what I have to follow. I just wanted an answer. I just wanted something to be the definitive answer. And it's funny because I look at that in comparison with the acting career. I think a lot of us look at it the same way. We just want something to be the definitive answer. We want one agent who's going to change it all for us. We want one template for an email that's going to be 
the one we use indefinitely. We want one secret to success that equals everything else. But just as in your body and your mind, the whole world, only so much of that is in your control. And most of it is not. Yes, your general choices about your day-to-day life are somewhat in your control. But man, through ingesting content like maintenance phase and exposing myself to people of other income levels and backgrounds and learning where our fear of fatness comes from really exposed me to things outside of my own privilege. The book Fear the Black Body is really good if you want to realize how much of this is not actually about you. But it's been a journey. I'm still on that journey. I feel as though I am not currently in a disordered phase of my life. I feel like through therapy and through medications and just generally seeking and surrounding myself with helpful things, helpful people, and jobs that made me feel good and ways I could support myself in my body, in my career as well, has led me to a place where I really like myself. I really like my body. I've come a long way from this point. I will say that I am very similar to this article that I wrote in that I am still living life without a label on the way I eat or the fitness I do, still maintaining a sense of there is no one right way to do anything. So if someone vibes with any of those things I listed, cool. That's awesome. I'm so glad you found something that works for you. Also, everyone should keep in mind that you should be able to be fluid. You should be able to know this such thing that I was doing is no longer working for me or be able to mix it up. Man, when it comes to fitness, I am so well-rounded at this point because I taught Pilates, because I taught kickboxing, because I do so much lifting. Right now I'm training for a race that's called High Rocks, which I'll talk about in a second. There's just so much more to it than being small. I just thought to be a successful actor, I needed to be thin. That was the thing that was going to make it work. Whatever got me to that place, that was the thing. All of this rigmarole with changing my diets, changing my fitness, trying new things, the goal, even though I didn't say it most of the time, was just to be skinny. And that sucks. And it's so boring. It's so boring because eventually you hit a wall where you can no longer be less. I wrote an article that was all about, and I've talked about it many times, the time I was asked to lose weight for a role. And they said, we might start shooting in as little as three weeks. So I lost 12 pounds in three weeks. And I thought, this is maintainable in a shock to absolutely no one. It was not maintainable whatsoever. I was very ill, but no one ever gave me an on-ramp or an off-ramp. So when I say I'm more comfortable in my body with my career, it's because I made myself more comfortable in my body in my day-to-day life. It's not because someone gave me permission. It's not because someone said, hey, you finally earned it. You're finally small enough. Or like, this is where you should be. It's because I worked with myself and on myself so much nonstop that I've come to a place where I am not interested in being small in so many ways, but 
the idea that thinness is going to be the thing that changes this career for me is just honestly a load of horseshit. <laughs> I've been in this business long enough now to know that that's not the thing. That's not the thing. Will there be pressure later on in my career to perhaps be thinner for a certain thing, for a PR push, for because of how I look on the talk shows or something? Sure. And I can't wait to talk about that when it comes up because you know I will. But I've just reached a point because of what I've gotten to, I don't let it affect my auditions, the way I feel about myself and my choices. I want to give you guys some tangible things if this is something you think about a lot so that you actually have some take-homes regardless of this being, this is my journey and it's a mess and come belong for the ride. I think that you should have ways that you like to dress that you are comfortable in. I didn't say it was flattering. I didn't say it was trendy. I said it was comfortable. Find your comfortability in pants, shoes, and a top. Like I said, with full body slates, you need to be able to stand in front of a camera and be comfortable. I used to pick and pull at my clothes and try and like turn the right way and hold in my stomach. And that did jack shit for my acting. In fact, it made me worse <laughs> because I was always picking at myself and I was always trying to like squeeze my core and make my belly smaller because that was what you're supposed to be was small. But what I should have really been doing is breathing and been in the moment in an acting scene. So find outfits and clothes. You can have like two pairs of pants, two tops and undergarments, by the way, are so worth investing in that make you feel comfortable. That is for your home auditions. You should have comfortable outfits that are for you. For on set, I am so, so clear with my sizes from the top. If I tell you I'm a medium, I'm a medium. Please don't put me in a small or an extra small. If I tell you I'm a small at that time because I fluctuate like crazy, please know I'm not an extra small. These are really important things that I like to know from the jump. So like my size card is updated. It changes, you guys. All of ours do. Just so we're clear, we might be the only ones who notice it, but we're the ones who have to be comfortable inside of it. So I'm really clear in my sizing. When I go to wardrobe fittings, I am also not afraid to speak up. I'm uncomfortable in this. I don't think I would like to wear this. This does not fit. Those sentences are key because you might feel uncomfortable, but you might walk out in front of clients for a commercial, or they might take your picture for production for a film or TV job, and they might think this is perfect. Utilize those times to speak up for yourself. I remember so clearly when I filmed Bosch that one of the outfits they wanted my character to try on, I had like four or five outfits and she was glam and the things were tight. And I was so verbose about what I felt comfortable in. And I took into context the scene. So when we talked about, oh, this is for the nail parlor scene for something like that, they had me try on this outfit that was a crop top and a tight skirt. And there was like a bunch of my midriff showing. Fine. I was comfortable when I put it on. But then I said, you know what I'm going to do this entire scene? I'm going to sit in a pedicure chair. And I'm not comfortable with my entire midriff sitting in this pedicure chair. It's a personal thing. It's just not something I'm comfortable with. And I said, 
I don't think this is going to be comfortable because I'm going to be sitting the whole time. And they said, great, let's not even take a picture in it then. It was so clear because I was so clear about my boundary. If you listen to Dana Powell's first episode on the podcast in season four, she talks about one of her first biggest jobs. She was on set with a crew and they put her in a very tight, like skin tight bodysuit. And she went to lunch and she was miserable. And the showrunners were like, what's going on? And she said, I'm uncomfortable. I feel like the butt of the joke because this is so tight and it doesn't fit me. And they marched her back to wardrobe and they said, please change her out of this. You have to speak up for yourself in those scenarios. That is something I have learned because it really, nobody cares about the way you look as much as you do, but your character's acting is so much more important that you have to take that out of your brain. So you're not worrying about how you look. It's the gift of being on set is that somebody does your hair, somebody does your makeup, somebody helps pick your clothes and you just get to act. That's why you have to be damn good at that job because you're just doing the one most of the time. <laughs> so speak up for yourself in scenarios on sets. And my last caveat for this is when you are asked to change your body in any capacity, get specific. It's fun to portray someone who's not you. It's fun to try on someone else's life and put on a character and really go the distance. And we see people who change their bodies win Oscars left and right, but it's a dangerous game. If the role calls for it, get specific. Ask specific questions. What do you picture for this character? How is this character going to dress to show off what you're picturing? For example, that role where I booked that I was asked to lose 10 pounds and I ended up losing 12, I should have asked, what for? What outfit do you want her to fit in that I couldn't currently fit in? What is the process and what are you looking for weight loss in? Or is it a sports film and you get to train like an athlete and do all of these things? Cool, get really specific about the type of training, the amount and what you're gonna get. And if you are going to go about the business of changing your body, number one, get paid for it. And number two, have an off ramp. Because when you go into these scenarios, it's often balls to the walls, just like in filming, you're go, 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 go. And then you hit a point and it's done and you stop and you have to come back to being yourself. And if you don't have an off-ramp, whether you're working with a nutritionalist or a trainer or somebody specifically helping you with the project, even if it's an indie film and they're not paying you for this stuff, you have to take charge for yourself and have an off-ramp for yourself because you cannot portray this character indefinitely because it is not who you are. It's probably also not your genetics if they're asking you to change. So you need to have a healthy plan in mind in order to get you back to your baseline. This episode is kind of all over the place, but I think that those are really good takeaways if you guys are looking for some advice on being in your body in this business. This is just the tip of the iceberg of myself, but I can tell you that with the work I've done in so many capacities, I really like how I show up these days in my body and on camera. And the first one is first and the second one is second. They are not equal in my brain like they used to be. My life is so much bigger than who I am on camera. Does it matter? Sure. It's the only thing that matters. 
No, especially not enough to jeopardize my entire health. When this episode comes out, I will have already finished my recent race. It's a fitness competition called High Rocks. And finding ways like that, that are fun, that have nothing to do with the business, that are about my body's capacity and not the way it looks, those have been really joyful for me recently. I ran my first half marathon in November. I ran another one in Griffith Park, by the way. So hard, so many hills in February. And I'm doing this high rocks competition in April. And lately, that's been what's keeping me going. I feel that I have to fuel myself for all of the things I have going on between my businesses, keeping my brain active for my acting work and my day jobs being able to walk my dogs miles a day and then go to the gym and train for this competition. It's all a part of the life. And I just see right now my capacity and my hunger and things like that so differently than I saw them so long ago. And I can safely say that I am at a place where I am truly pretty fucking good. I'm so glad I wrote this article when I was in a mediocre place. So I could actually come through and tell you that I'm better than I used to be. I also realize this podcast is a bit tangenty, but it's really hard to fit all of your personal feelings in an outline appropriately. So with that, I need to go make dinner. <laughs> I got a lot of work to do before I go to this race this weekend. And I need to put a lot of fuel inside of this body in the process. Thank you guys so much for listening. Please feel free to comment on the Instagram that coincides with this podcast because I think this is a ongoing conversation and this is not the last time, like I said, that we will be having it. Thank you guys so much for listening and I will talk to you next week. Bye.